We're rolling. I have to say rolling. I, I come from the world of tape. So, as we start, uh, so this is uh, another Dovecast. I'm talking with uh, David Wraith from, um, and where are you from, David? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri, a place I have never been, I've heard of, and has a really cool name, and all that silly stuff. And welcome to the to the Dovecast, where we talk about insane people and, and try not to have another conversation about Steal My Style, although we probably will at some point. <laughs> so, hi, David. What's up? Um, Introduce yourself. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd say not a lot, but that'd be a lot. A lot of things are up, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm David Wraith. I'm one of the co-founders of Sex Positive St. Louis. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary, and we are having pretty, I would say, a fabulous time doing what we do. And the St. Louis community in general uh, has really exploded in the last 12 months. Like, there was this really weird parallel thinking where a lot of kinky, sexy people who didn't know each other, didn't know each other's plans, all launched things in the same sort of three-month window last fall. <laughs> and um, we, we struck while the iron was hot and started Sex Positive St. Louis, and it's been a pretty crazy ride ever since. I love when that happens. It's kind of funny. It's like there's a serendipity, only this Murphy's Law thing. No, not Murphy Blow, just Murphy Law. <laughs> where, uh, yeah, we don't want that guy in here. I get nah, Murphy's cool. Uh, where, like, you know, you start setting something up and all of a sudden, like, 16 other people or three other events pop up and you're like, what the fuck? You know, where were you? We were looking for people, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, um, you know, last couple of, the last couple of years I've been watching, like, the rope uh, event stuff and, like, JRE, um, a couple of other rope things have all just, you know, like, coincided at the same time with each other as just... Hey, I got this idea, and kaboom, you know, uh, tribes the same way with uh, some of their events. Suddenly, all of a sudden, you've got how many different events competing for each other? Where before there was like a dearth of events. Exactly. Yeah. So, what? What's uh, is anything? Uh, you, uh, any any good interesting things coming up? I mean, uh, you've got that the the sex positive thing is is putting together. Your group is putting together. God, that sounds so silly, you know. <laughs> of course, there's sex positive, though, but you know, it's like. Um, God, what are we doing? Um, we're doing a we're doing a thing in like two weeks that I'm actually uh, presenting at called Sex Positive Etiquette for Men. Ooh, that's a good um, idea. And what we've discovered is that in the when we when we have events, a lot of single. I mean, I don't hate to pick on the single guys, but a lot of single. Well, guys go ahead, pick up. on them, pick on them. And um, either they're guys who are sort of not the best uh, uh, socially in general, or they come from, you know, the, the bar scene or strip club yeah. or, you know, that sort of thing. And they don't really, they're not down with, uh, you know, the 10 points of ethics of sex positivity that we haven't written yet, so it's not their fault. So we're <laughs> trying to create a space where everyone can feel comfortable and everyone can do what they do in sort of a sexually charged environment and an environment where there's a lot of permission to do and say things that you can't say in the default world, but do that in a way where no one feels disrespected or threatened or unsafe. And to put a fine point on it, what that means is, you know, teaching single straight men like the do's and don'ts of a sex positive kinky environment. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that actually. Um, <laughs> so I still I'm sort of unclear on what the content of the class is. And I have a feeling that I'm going to be telling guys 
uh, not to do a lot of things that I've done in the past and gotten away with. So it's a little hypocritical, but no, no, no. I, you know, it's it's learning curve. A lot of, I mean, I, I understand exactly the, the point you feel you're at in that sense. You know, of like, oh my God, what am I going to tell them? But it's, I mean, you know, I, I remember years ago I had somebody ask me, um, young guy at the time, uh, how, um, how was it? How do how, how, how you know, here I am, I'm, I'm successful, I've got significant, you know, all these people with me and stuff like that, and how do I, uh, how did they get into the scene? How do they get people to play with them? And I, and I said, well, okay, clean underwear, dress nice, be pleasant, um, everything your mom told you to do, uh, introduce yourself, um, don't be a wallflower, and uh, people aren't being standoffish. They just don't know you, and if you keep coming around and you keep being a pleasant individual and helpful, people get to, to know you and like you, you know. And, um, you know, they looked at me like I was absolutely batshit crazy. And I'm like, no, no, seriously. So about a year later, um, he's now like, you know, the hot thing in that sense. You know, everyone loves him, and he's, he's all over the place. And we're at, a, I think we were at Paddles at the time, and a friend, uh, 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 Connie, has is, is got this huge strap-on, 10 inch dildo and she's reaming his ass out he's naked bent over a uh, a bench you know you know sweat spewing everywhere and he goes duff duff come here and i'm like what and he goes <laughs> you know he grabs my arm and goes you remember when i asked you how do i get people to play with me and i went yeah how the fuck do i get them to stop <laughs> And, you know, I look at this, you know, it's, it's, it's the simple things that work. And a lot, I think a lot of people, uh, especially guys, when they come to the scene, unfortunately come from the standpoint of, you know, hey, we're all hot. We're going to do it. And they don't realize you got to be yourself. You got to be this nice guy. You're walking around with your dick in front of you is not going to get you a date. You know, it, you know, it, it's, you know, are you, um, you know, are you, you know, you're, you're talking to people, you're not talking to sex objects. Well, they can be sex objects later, but right now they're people and you have to treat them as people. And, uh, people don't realize that. I mean, I, I remember I had a, um, oh, was it, I was at, oh, actually it was at, actually it was at one of the early suspensions. It was this, I was putting up a friend and this guy comes over and he, uh, he's like, you know, can I, can I, uh, uh, you know, Asks me if he, you know, thinking I'm submissive. I mean, I love that when I'm tying somebody up and I get somebody coming over like, you know, will you please ask the mistress? And I'm like, <laughs> sure, dude. Uh, no mistress. Might be, actually, it might be a mistress I'm putting up. So I get a little confused. But, um, but you know, it's like uh, he wanted to, to massage and suck her feet. And she was okay with the massage, but not okay with the, the, the foot, the licking. And, you know, I've already got it in the air. So it was kind of, okay, whatever. So he went ahead, did that. You know, everyone was happy. And I bumped into this guy like uh, literally a year later at a test fest. And he goes, he goes, hey, remember me from, and I'm like, yes, how are you? And he goes, wow, you know, that was a really interesting night. It was my first time at a, at a, at that party. And my God, that girl was a bitch. And I'm like, you know, like your brain's going like, what the fuck? And he goes into this whole diatribe about, you know, the fact that she wouldn't let him uh, lick her, lick his, uh, lick her feet or suck her toes and and you know obviously she was an asshole and blah 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 you know and just and i'm just standing there with this big smile on my face just waiting for him to shut up and i just let him have it because in his world you know we're all foot fetishists you know <laughs> obviously and i'm like no dude you're you got this entirely wrong and you know it worked in 
yeah, he walked off with this, you know, absolutely terrified look on his face once I was done. I never even raised my voice, but, um, you, unfortunately you have that from a lot of guys when they do, I mean, um, you know, girls are the commodity guys really aren't. And, you know, guys, unfortunately you see somebody, you see two people being friendly, you automatically feel, Hey, I'm, I'm part of this. And they walk right into the scene and, you know, face first and, you know, they make a fool of themselves and they can't wonder why, you know, anyone doesn't, you know, anyone wants to play with them or doesn't want to play with them kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's, it, I think, I think etiquette is, is a great idea. And just cause you've, um, you know, you've made errors in the past means you've learned something. You're successful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting <laughs> because you're in this atmosphere of great permission Yeah, and there are things that you can do that you just can't do anywhere else. But then the hard part, and we want to encourage that because that's the whole point, you know, right. like you were throwing a clothing optional party. The whole point is you can get naked. Um, but we also have to say, okay, there are things you can do mm-hmm. in the default world that might not be threatening or intimidating to a fully clothed person right. that you can't do when someone's naked and they don't know you and they're a total stranger. Right. And then there are things that you can't do in the default world that you still can't do in the kinky world unless mm-hmm. you ask nicely and get consent. <laughs> um, and what I'm experiencing is that because I'm so, I guess, out, um, is that people assume that I have no lines, that I have no limits, that I'm down Ooh, for whatever. Yeah. And, like, I may be freaky as a frog with a mustache, but I have my limits. You know, there are things that are not okay. And if I'm that way, then, you know, you have to assume that beautiful, hot, half-naked girl that you've never talked to before probably has limits that are far, you know, more limits than I do. And you have to negotiate them with her. You can't make assumptions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just because they're naked does not mean you have permission to jump on them. It just means they're naked. It means you could be naked. You know, uh, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, first rule of, of uh, even a, uh, a gangbang is ask. You know, you're, unless, of course, it's one of those gangbangs where you don't have to, but then you know that in advance. Right. You know, if you don't know the rules, ask. You know, never assume. And I, I think, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, like you said, it's that, the element of, of, of yes, that exists doesn't carry through. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, yes, we're at a swinging party. Yes. We're at this whole thing. Doesn't mean you're the guy anyone's interested in. Right. Yeah. So, yay. I think this is going to be a class. I, I think, you, I think you're a perfect person to teach it. And I'm just saying that, but <laughs> no, I just kidding. I think anybody's a good, I mean, you know, you, you've been around, you've, I mean, let's see, I've actually, when did I first, I've emerged for, uh, we talked about this, I first met you at uh, ShibariCon. Con in 04. Right. The very, the very first one, actually, yeah. That's right. It, it, it's funny, I, I meet a lot of people, and I remember when I was asked, because like, you have, you're one of those people who's, you're a very friendly looking person, you're very, you're very, you're good looking, you're, uh, you've got that kind of face that, as much as it's unique, seems like, and because of your demeanor, I've met you before. It's like one of the reasons I like you. It's that, um, you know, there's that ease of, I can see you over a number of years and it's sort of like, Hey David, how you doing? And there's no, Oh shit, there's David kind of thing. And so it was like, I'm thinking, where the fuck do I know him from? Cause I couldn't, <laughs> it's like, cause you always seem to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that. And that, that's a compliment more than anything else. I'm always where I happen to be. Yeah. And, and as I was like, wait a minute, when did I, cause I, I, for some reason I thought I'd known you for like, either I was like, have I met you on IRC? Had I met you on, uh, you know, tests or some, uh, you know, any of the earlier events, or whatever. So it was kind of funny. It was like, do, yeah, cause I was really bad. I was like, uh, 
where did we first meet? And I'm like, oh, first, okay, yeah, okay, Phil. <laughs> you know, you know, context for me is everything. I, you know, I always joke that, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you don't give me your context of where I met you, I'm going to go like, uh, so have we had sex? Have we met? <laughs> have we done? Oh, mom, how you doing? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I, but yeah, I mean, no, that's a, I, I think that's actually one of the things that actually we don't teach enough of these days. I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole old guard, you know, versus new guard, you know, learning the ropes kind of thing, but, and I'm not even going to go into the, like, you know, way back when there was more, uh, of an educational curve, but we do, we, we kind of miss the boat in a lot of areas where a lot of groups don't at least do a, you know, orientation for a lot of people. And, and I see a lot of people, you know, when they first get in the scene and it, this happens even with women, I, I have, I've, had a number of bad experiences with women who there was one lady who used to come around uh, Tesla who literally would, every time I'd walk into a club would grope me. And before anyone goes, wow, you've got this girl groping you. I'm like, one, I'm not attractive to her Two, I don't know her from a hole in the ground. And, um, you know, Hey, I've got physical, you know, I've got battery barriers myself. You know, I don't want somebody just walking up and, you know, okay. Tia Carrera can walk up and grope me anytime. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you, you probably, well, you maybe yes, but no, <laughs> but most other people know, I mean, it's like ask first or like there has to be some indicate. I mean, she would like literally walk over full body, like do the, the male equivalent of the hand swinging down and grab you by the crotch, you know, but with this sexy voice thingy going, hi, maybe we should play later. I'm like, hi, I'm going this way now. Uh, can you let go? <laughs> they don't stretch that far. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's especially interesting for for guys, but yeah, I mean sometimes I feel like I I have to invoke my right to invoke the rules of physical contact, even if I don't feel threatened mm -hmm. the way that a woman might feel threatened with a man in the same situation. You know, like I even though I'm a guy and I'm I'm you know cockman oppressor, you know I still have the right to to give or deny consent. And, yeah. You know, the first one's free. After that, it's, you know, <laughs> 20 cents. It's a dollar 50. <laughs> you know, make sure you're cheap or something. Yeah, I, exactly. And I, like I said, I, I think it, it, it goes both ways. I think, um, and like I said, you know, teaching it is, is a big thing that doesn't get taught. And it's also interesting depending on what community you're coming from. Cause I, you know, like a lot of women I've met who come from the swinger community have the, I'm the center of attention thing. Cause obviously all guys want to fuck them. And then you have the uh, BDSM community where it's don't touch until you, you know, you had have permission, which which actually comes to a funny story. When I, there used to be a place on Long Island called Lady Lori's, and they started doing an SM night because they had, uh, you know, uh, one of the owners was into SM, or I think both of them were. So it'd be funny because you'd have an, you'd have the SMers on one side of the club and the swingers on the other side, and. You know, the, the standard come on in the swinger world is the girl walks up and strokes you. So automatically it was like watching, you know, West Side Story, you know, you know, when you're a jet, you're a jet. You know, it's, <laughs> both sides are waiting for something to, as, you know, the, the guy standing by and the girl would walk up, you know, to stroke. And the guy, you know, the guys on the uh, SM side waiting, they touch my check, I'm going to belt them. <laughs> it, it was kind of weird, but... Yeah, it's, it's part of what we we're dealing with and part of what we do it's, it's sex positive st louis 
is that we're really trying to create a place where lots of different people from lots of different communities and, and cultures can come together. And so we've got people from the swinger community, we've got people from the BDSM community, uh, nudist, poly people. So everybody's got their own kind of code of conduct and their own sort of you know cultural history. Yeah. And it's you know how do we make sure that everyone's on the same page at least for you know this particular event in this space? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Any good dildo fights yet? Um, good dildo <laughs> fights. No, but that's a great idea. For a, <laughs> we should totally do that. I was in a, I was in a, um, a couple years ago. I was in a nude uh, relay race mm-hmm. where the, the batons were lubed dildos. <laughs> oh and, um, shit! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my team lost, but it really wasn't about winning or losing. I think it's <laughs> everyone was a winner. Everyone, Everyone was a winner, a winner. <laughs> at the nude <laughs> dildo relay race. It sounds like a song in there somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a winner. Kind of like every sperm is sacred, kind of like a yeah. cult. <laughs> well, yeah, there, were, there actually was a song that was like, and every everyone's a winner in the race of something or other. I don't remember what it was. I think it might be one of those Saturday morning cartoon uh, shows or something like that. You know, and Captain Planet says, you're all winners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when when you when you're when you're naked and you're surrounded by beautiful naked women and and you're passing off lube, uh, lubed up dildos, everyone's <laughs> everyone goes home with a trophy. If you know what I mean. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. Go on. You were saying. I was gonna say yeah. You know the odd people listening can't see me straightening my tie when I do the <laughs> running. But I'm sorry. Go on. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. I was. Um, I just thinking of something that happened to me the other day. I had to go through the crowd uh, outside of Dash, and because uh, they they're doing uh, was it um, Fashion Week in Fashion Night in in Soho in New York, mm-hmm. and basically the joke because I had to get out of the uh, out of that the, the location there, and it was like you know literally a thousand women all you know young whatever is all packed around the front door, and I, I basically had to push out outwards through them and i suddenly had this benny hill thing running in my in my ears because basically all i'm pressing against his breast you know it's like so it's the thing yeah everyone's a winner while trying to escape from dash but anyway um yeah it was a little fucked up but anyway um yeah i mean you know it's i'd say now i have this image of like you know you know ways to make the olympics more interesting you know the thousand yard dildo toss um yeah anyway uh <laughs> jesus christ so yeah, so so are there any other groups in your area? I mean, is there any you know? I mean, you yeah, got your group, or I mean, what are, what are the big groups? Because like I said, I don't know anything about your area. Nobody listen, you know, anybody listening to this who's not from your area probably is going like, "What's in St. Louis, dude?" You know, what's what are what are the what are the high points here? You know, so. um, yeah, there's there's lots of groups, and a lot of them are, are like longstanding groups. There's like it's it seems like the groups are either like ten or more years old, or they've started in the last year. Hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of them started in the last year. How are the How are the old groups handling it? Um, I I, I think the old groups are handling it. Well, I, I think the St. Louis BDSM community as a whole is handling things badly. I don't think it's like the new <laughs> groups or the old groups necessarily. It's like the city as a whole. Okay. Uh, the kinky people and the vanilla people we're kind of trying to figure out how to negotiate what we're doing. Um. And my friend uh, Kendra Holiday, who's one of the co-founders of Sex Positive St. Louis, she was making yeah. a joke about there's all this infighting in the kink community, and we've we've appealed to um, 
uh, NCSF, uh, National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, and they've helped out a lot. But I think initially NCSF was kind of perplexed because they're, what, what Kendra was saying was they're set up to protect, you know, kinky people like us from the vanilla world. Somewhat, yeah. They're not necessarily set up to protect kinky people from other kinky people, uh, <laughs> which is really what was going on. Um, but like two dungeons opened within like a couple months of each other, mm-hmm. and they they kind of didn't get along for lack of a better word. And <laughs> what kind of happened in St. Louis was if you went to one dungeon, you didn't you weren't supposed to associate with people that went to the other, right. and vice versa. And I was like affiliated with one, but I had uh, I was friendly with the owners of the other, and I went to both. <gasps> and I really kind of got you know shit on by people on both sides mm-hmm. because they didn't trust me. I was a double agent. I mean, people accused me of being a spy. Like <laughs> I heard rumors that oh, he's just at this dungeon to spy for the other side, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm here to like get naked and get beat up. <laughs> you know, like, it's all this soap opera dynasty shit, you know? Um, well, metaphorically, they, they are beating you up, but anyway, not the way you want. <laughs> not the way I want to be beaten up. It's not, that's non-consensual. Um, and then there were a lot of people, like, ratting us out to law enforcement. So mm, yeah. clubs were getting raided. And what I, if, if the vanilla people are dropping a dime on, you know, clubs and parties, I don't agree with that but I understand that. But when kinky people are ratting each other out, which is what the rumors were, mm-hmm. you know, other people out for doing exactly what they're doing, that's just wrong. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to stick together. And so we're going through some weird, there's been a lot of light on us. Like when, you know, whenever like there's a story on the news about the St. Louis BDSM scene, I start getting phone calls and text messages. And when I turn on my local news and I see, you know, a BDSM gunshot on the news, I know I'm going to have a bad day. Like, it's, it's, it's not a good thing, necessarily, um, that the vanilla, the mainstream press is shining such a bright light on the St. Louis BDSM community. Um, I mean, it's not a horrible thing, but it's, it's something that we're having to learn how to deal with. Right, um, right. When you, when you know, come I, up, once you come above the surface, it, it becomes uh, something you do have to learn to do, yeah. You know, I, I lost a few friends on FetLife. People were unfriending me because I was affiliated with this group and because I was affiliated <laughs> with the group. Um, one day, there was a story in the local newspaper about the St. Louis BDSM scene that mentioned FetLife specifically. And the next day, I started seeing all the people on my feed changing their city of location to Antarctica or Jamaica. <laughs> all the St. Louis people were changing their city so that if someone from the outside world went on to FetLife and did a search on St. Louis their their uh, profile wouldn't come up. Right. And so this huge sort of retrenchment and it went like way underground. Like we sort of poked our heads above water and you know, we got more attention than we wanted and so now it's really underground again, which is kind of sad. Um, one of the clubs closed and one of the like local play parties that's been going on for fifteen years shut down. Um, and it's just really kind of sad that people we we had like one play party a month for fifteen years. And then last year, like all of a sudden, two or three nights a week, I'd be in a dungeon somewhere, and then that just ended. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. It's, I mean, it's something unfortunately with as the internet is, has expanded, and as uh, the um, what's the word I'm looking for the the public 
awareness and especially the official of public awareness you know the 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 authorities of what's going on has you know it's risen um unfortunately it's the price we end up having to pay for being more public and even when we're we're keeping it under wraps to a certain degree it's that you know you're above you're above the waterline and it, you know it, it happens in every area i mean i was uh very involved in the Philly scene for a while because I used to go up and teach. One of my friends ran one of the uh, uh, the big uh, uh, clubs that had just opened up. There it was uh, called the Tannery, and there was a lot of you know there was fighting between another with another uh, group that had opened up, and you know somebody dropped a dime, you know, and the Philly um, uh, the Philly authorities the one one dungeon had a uh, an actual certificate of occupancy. Now it wasn't for um, you know, SM, but basically all certificate of occupancy means is your place is rated to have more than X amount of people in it at one time. So he had bathrooms, he had fire exits, all it works. Uh, Philly's um, uh, uh, law, their their zoning thingies, their, you know, uh, the group, the the CFO office, whatever the hell they're called, is uh, very... um, so we're, it, it's uh, it's very much based on if shit happens, then we respond. Otherwise, we give everyone a CFO. They really don't care. Because uh, the very same year that it happened, uh, there was a swing club, a giant swing club on, I think it's South Street. It's the big, the huge street in Philly that just goes, that's got all the the the, the uh, tattoo parlors. And it's, it's, it's sort of their version of St. Mark's, except it goes on for, for blocks and blocks and blocks. And every time I'd be there, everyone would go like, oh, and here's, here's, uh, 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 was it um, uh, Babes in Toyland? And here's this. You know, they they point out each one of the the kinky places, and the, and oh, and then there's here's the uh, swing club. And the swing club was it, it was in some old uh, building that had been a um, you know a, a uh, you know Jolly Rogers or whatever some you know some sort of fast food chain. So it was two floors. It was painted like this ridiculous. I think it was yellow. It was like you couldn't miss the place. There was no sign up outside of it. And it was like two stories of, you know, mattresses and whatever you want. And it had been around for like a good, like maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then some uh, news person broke the story. Oh my God, there's a swing club, the swing club that everyone fucking knew about, you know, and then they had to close. But the city had to act once it became public because right. it's the, you know, it's the reaction thing. So the same thing happened with uh, uh, Tannery, although they weren't closed down. They, they decided we're just going out. You know, we know that they went, we know that the Inquisition, you know, the, the city has to look into us. We're just getting out of here because it's not worth our time. But, you know, one group dropped an item on the other group because it, 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 and it's amazing how that internal constantly works within our, our community. Uh, you get people who, I mean, Tess even in New York had problems a number of years ago. We had one gentleman who was an utter ponce online who uh, actually sued Tess. Oh, wow. Yeah, although he got his, I mean, it was great. Um, his case was so shit-ass stupid that the judge, no, normally when you go to small claims court in New York, uh, the judge, like, will, um, they, they have to uh, write out the um, verdict and they mail it to you. They don't tell you what it is. This guy was like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, he, he was, do you remember uh, Boston Public? The, the show? The show. 
I never actually watched it. Ah, uh, damn! Because the, the there's an old Jewish act, uh, old uh, older Jewish actor who plays an old Jewish teacher on there. Who this this guy was exactly like. I mean, it was like big nose. And he talked talk like this, and I mean, he couldn't he couldn't hear about, about like that. And he's like, uh, basically, he said was, and I'm paraphrasing massively that um, due to the bad faith shown by the the plaintiff by the uh, person suing. Um, as well as sending us a copy of the uh, thing, we're going to. He ha- he ha- he felt he needed to actually say what the problem was, what the verdict was, and they went on to lambaste this guy as to why his case sucked. What I mean, just did this entire thing and then finished with, and and many more things too numerous to mention. Which from <laughs> from a judge is sort of like saying you came in here, put a gun up your butt, and blew your own brains out. You know, and it was hilarious because, you know, it. it this had nothing to do with us having a right to exist or not exist. It had nothing to do with us doing parties. I mean, we were doing was perfectly legal, but it was hilarious. The fact that, you know, I mean, we were the first group to really stand up in court and deal with, you know, even if it is small claims court with somebody who's suing us and winning, you know, in that sense, you know, going like, we have a right to do this. And unfortunately everyone's, you know, when you moment you come up above, um, above the, the waterline, you have to be prepared to stand by what you're doing. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're doing a party, that's one thing. If you're running a club, it's much more supportable because everyone has a right to have a club. You know, as long as you're not doing anything illegal or technically illegal uh, within the environs of it, you know, whatever that may be for your local area, you know, you're, you're, you have a legitimate right to discuss or, or to congregate. And uh, be prepared, unfortunately, to stand up for it. Unfortunately, there will always be people in our own community who are, you know, like, you're not doing it right. I love those. 